built on love. I come to the task of preaching today on perhaps the oldest theme in our sacred writ and one of the most recognizable verses in scripture, love. Most of us have heard portions of this reading from 1 Corinthians at weddings, perhaps even a funeral or two. It may surprise you that Paul did not write this with either celebration in mind. While this is not a wedding homily, nor a funeral homily for that matter, I am thankful this is our epistle reading for this Sunday in Epiphany. I want to tag this sermon for our consideration with that title, Built on Love. As I approach this task, my heart has been heavy with grief. So many of us have taken note of the many losses this season of pandemic. Over the last two years and what it has wrought on our communities, our families, our loved ones. As one good friend of mine and clergy colleague said about her church just two weeks ago, she said the death angel has been busy. Just after she made this declaration, we learned that our circle of sisters in Greek life would be rocked by the news of our national president dying. We celebrated the 109th Founders Day on January 13th and exactly one week later, our newly installed president died. We went from joyous celebrations and paying homage to our founders to mourning a devastating loss that our sorority has never experienced before. This is the first time a president has died while in office for our organization. Within the ranks of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, a sorority with over 350,000 initiated members and chapters all over the United States, West Africa, Germany, Saudi Arabia, and the list goes on. We have transitioned to a season of mourning. So as I stand here today to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, I am reminded that 1 Corinthians 13 has special significance for our sorority's communal identity, conduct, and behavior, yet provides us with a call to action. The Church of Jesus Christ has been built on love or we will not survive. These are the three points I want to consider together. Communal identity, conduct and behavior, and the call to action. We're reminded that Paul's letter to the Corinthian community last week was addressing spiritual gifts. What else could follow except the fact that a community cannot exist to God's pleasure if it's not grounded in love. That's a big part of our mission statement here at Christ Church. We seek to love God above all things and our neighbors as ourselves. The Bible teaches us that God is love and this is the one foundational ethic of and for the church. So our first point, communal identity. We're reminded as Paul writes, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And now as he closes, faith, hope, and love abide. These three and the greatest of these is love. As we hear this passage lifted up in countless weddings, we hear it as poetry. We hear it as aspirational. We hear it as romantic. However, I want to caution us today against the romanticization of this text. 
We recently celebrated the national holiday for the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was known for speaking out on the kind of love that represents the matters for which Paul addresses to the community in Corinth. In a quote from The Strength to Love by Dr. King, he said, the meaning of love is not to be confused with some sentimental outpouring. Love is something much more than emotional bosh. An overflowing love which seeks nothing in return is the love of God operating in human heart, he says. Love is the most durable power in the world, the most potent instrument available in mankind's quest for peace and security. The great military leaders of the past have gone and their empires have crumbled and burned to ashes. But the empire of Jesus, built solidly and majestically on the foundation of love, is still growing, end quote. Yes, a communal identity is built on love. In fact, Paul is telling the people then as he is telling us today, the hallmark of Christian identity is love. These are the abiding values that guide our speech. These are the abiding values which govern our relationships. These are the abiding values that address our conduct and our behavior. Our next point. Yes, conduct and behavior are important. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. There are a lot of noisy gongs and clanging cymbals out there today. Just look at the evening news and world events and you will see all manner of noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. The discussion on repeal of Roe v. Wade, a noisy gong. On the brink of war with NATO allies and the Ukraine-Russia dilemma, clanging cymbals. Inflation, noisy gong. Voter suppression efforts around the country, noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. You name it, we are hearing about it. If we are attentive to the text, however, we can see in Paul's writing to this community, trying to rise above dissent and divisiveness, that we have been given a template for how to conduct ourselves. We have guidelines for our Christian comportment because this love is patient and kind. It is not envious, boastful, arrogant, or rude. This love is not irritable or resentful. This love does not insist on its own way or rejoice in wrongdoing. This love is consistent with all the teachings in scripture. It rejoices in truth. Yes, the biggest problem Paul identifies has to do with childish behavior, it seems. Paul believes that adults can handle the truth because they too have been built on love. Makes me wonder, where are all the adults in the room today? It's a lot of childish behavior. The love that Paul espouses here will not rest in falsehoods, but will strive for truth and authenticity amid differences and dissent. This is the love that seeks to emulate Jesus without partiality. And in emulating Jesus, there is a call to action. Delta's first act of public service was participating in the suffrage march of 1913 as the only women of color to join the movement even though it would take over 50 years to realize that right for themselves as black women. They marched on for social and civic uplift and to help the cause of women in this country. Ever since the 2020 presidential election, I believe we have seen a great deal of interest in the National Panhellenic Council. 
black Greek letter organizations, also known as the Divine Nine, especially since our vice president, Kamala Harris, belongs to one of the Divine Nine organizations. And as Paul wrote to the Corinthian community, love must be acted out. It is not passive. It is a verb and is manifested through intentional actions. For over 350,000 members initiated into Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. It requires our intentional actions. With chapters in the Arabian Gulf, Bahamas, Bermuda, Canada, Jamaica, Japan, the Republic of Korea, Hawaii, and on and on, members of Delta Sigma Theta, that is through this sisterhood, finds that through scholarship and service. Sisterhood, scholarship, and service. Our call to action. For the work, our work, is not done. President Cheryl Hickman, in a closing remarks statement for a sorority event in 2019, said, it has been said that if you want to go somewhere fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others and go together. More recently in a speech, Hickman stated that injustice is injurious because the opponents of liberty and justice can be hurtful and hateful people. And yet we believe in freedom. We are here together in the fight because we live for justice, she said. We seek to achieve liberty and secure justice and fairness for all people in the struggle. But struggle has never been new for any of us. We have been shaped in the crucible of struggle and we are up for the battle, she said. And so as we look back at the text, in the ensuing verses, Paul admonishes the people to pursue love. He lets us know that we all have agency in the type of community, nation, and world we live in. To strip this text in 1 Corinthians 13 of its eloquence, we will hear Paul asking, what are we doing for the common good? For if we do all the things we desire to do, are compelled to do on behalf of others and boast, but do not have love, we gain nothing. We are the personification of noisy gongs or clanging cymbals. So I ask you today, church, are you at risk of giving up on love? For this month, we studied the book of joy, but we studied Bishop Michael Curry's book at the opening of last year, his book entitled Love is the Way. And Michael Curry ends his book with encouragement that is useful today and expounds upon Paul's writings. Bishop Curry says, so don't give up on love. Listen to it, trust it, give into it, obey it. The Christian life is built on love.